Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Female Founders Network, a podcast brought to you by invoice to go I'm your host, Nat, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sylvie. Hey, everyone. We record our show in the Forbes Street studio in downtown Sydney, Australia, but we bring guests from all over the world. So you'll hear people from the U.S., the United Kingdom, Europe, the Asia Pacific, anywhere that we find women who lead and inspire others. This is a great podcast for women who are navigating business ownership, leadership, or just life. Each episode should connect you with someone else's story, but also leave you with practical tips and advice that you can use in your own life and in your own business. Hi, guys. Happy early St. Patrick's Day. And speaking about getting lucky, today we're going to talk about having a baby while you're in the height of your career. Whether you work a full-time job or work for yourself or both, it can be really challenging to both be pregnant and take time off to have a baby while you're really killing it in your job. So in this episode, I will share my top dozen tips. That's a dozen. It's a ton of tips. Um, The things that got me through my mid-30s pregnancy and will get you in a good headspace to procreate while maintaining both your productivity and your boss status. So we hope you enjoy the episode and the tips involved. Hey guys, so this is a slightly different episode today where it's just me and Nat. And these are sometimes one of my favourites. And especially today because I have a few questions to Nat on how she's balancing her pregnancy and how she's going to balance her upcoming um, mothering of a tiny baby as well as two boys with running a huge team in a badass business. So <laughs> today we're going to have a little chat about how um, to survive life as, as, as a pregnant boss. And you're already doing so well, but obviously we can't feel her kicking. How are you feeling at the moment? Mm, I have a toe in my ribs right now, <laughs> to be honest with you guys. Um, and it's been a journey. It's been a, a real journey. Mm. A lot of you guys know that I'm turning 37. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's an interesting time to have a baby. Yeah. And so you've already got two kids and we've kind of, we've done this episode before and you can hear all about that story, but why don't you just recap um, about your life and your two kids that you already have, Henry and Jonas, and how it's all coming together. So I have a weird story for millennial. A lot of us waited, of our generation, waited to have kids. I did not. I married uh, my first husband and had a baby all at 22, my Mm. first son. And then I had two children by the age of 25. And then by the age of 27, I was a single mom. Yeah. So I... um, grew my career while raising two children yep. at the same time, which is a really weird story for, well, it's an it's an atypical story, I'll say. Yeah, it's, it kind of, like, I didn't even know that that was, and that sounds really silly, but it never crossed my mind that that was something that you could do. It was kind of like, mm. grow your career, then have kids. <laughs> yeah. But you did it at the same time. So that's pretty yeah. awesome. I wouldn't say it's the easiest way to mm-hmm. do it. <laughs> it's yeah. probably not the easiest way. I'm really, really, really happy that I did. Um, but it was a really uh, trying, difficult uh, task at times. It was definitely hard. Yeah. And how um, has your pregnancy felt different this time to when you were younger? Um, So for me, and everybody's different, um, biologically, women, our height 
making humans phase yeah. <laughs> is, <laughs> is in our early 20s, right? And both of my two children were born in my early 20s. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we were like hiking, you know, my ex-husband and I, we hiked, um, we did all kinds of stuff, like right up until the end of pregnancy. Mm. Um, I lived in New York City for the first pregnancy and I walked several blocks every day, like purposefully not taking public transport because I wanted to walk through the city because I was a Midwestern girl and I was in the city, you know? Oh, my God. Yeah, and hadn't Uh. been there very long and didn't get to stay very long. Um, But, you know, it was – it's different. Like you feel it differently in your mid to late 30s than you do in your early 20s for sure. Like more tiredness or Um, physical pain? Yeah, there's a number of factors. So, you know, at this point in my career, I was intern slash entry level Mm -hmm. when I had my first child, you know, and still pretty young when I had my second. And so at this point in my career, I have a pretty big job right? Um, Mm -hmm. I have a global team. I am really invested in my job. My job is a big part of my life and I'm always thinking about it, Mm -hmm. you know, and when you hire someone who's who's seasoned in their profession, they live their profession a lot of the time. Like I'm always thinking about marketing. I'm always thinking about brand. I'm always thinking about our company. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'll be on the beach and an idea will come to me. Like I don't turn off. Yeah. Um, so to have that kind of disrupted <laughs> by pregnancy yeah. and all of the other like logistical things and the tiredness and the morning sickness and all of that stuff is a real shocker at this point in my career. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because so um, let's t- tell us the story about how you discovered that you were pregnant because this oh. was a nice surprise. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this pregnancy was a bit of a shock. Um, you know, I I spent a long time divorced. I uh, will, will be divorced uh, technically for um, 10 years as of July or June mm. of this year. Yeah. So I took my time and thought about it when I was thinking about having a long-term partner again and actually spent a long time thinking I didn't want one, Mm. Um, thinking, you know, I have these two beautiful children, I have my career, Mm -hmm. you know, and there were, and there was, you know, times when I thought I didn't want one and then there was times when, you know, the person that I was dating, it just didn't line up like our goals or whatever or, you know, other things didn't line up. And so... I was really content with not having a partner, like yeah. a, a life partner, when I met the life partner <laughs> that I am engaged to now. Um, and, you know, we, when we got serious, I also never thought I'd have any more children. Mm. Um, and when we got serious, we decided that we wanted to get married. And, you know, we were looking at rings and, you know, talking about rings and all that kind of stuff and talking about like future plans. And we always thought we'd have one kid. Mm-hmm. Um, we just thought it would be, you know, in a couple of years, probably at the end of my fertility, yeah. you know, or later, like last years of my fertility. Um, and then, you know, lockdown happened and there are just only so many activities <laughs> to partake in during lockdown. That's true. You know? Netflix run out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we got, um, we have our lovely surprise um, and we were actually on vacation. And uh, when we were on vacation, I didn't feel well, took a test and, you know, we were surprised by the fact that we were going to have a baby. Oh my gosh. And yeah. so... Obviously, you're now 32 weeks pregnant. 
Yeah, something like that. We're guys, we're recording this ahead. So by the time this episode airs, I'll probably have her. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, at the time of the recording. And um, and how does it feel to, you know, we've spoken before and um, you said to me, um, like personally, when we're talking about like pregnancy and maternity leave and stuff like that, that with um, your first baby is that you only took like two weeks maternity leave in the US and now you're planning to take three months, which is um, kind of the minimum standard that you would have in Australia. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of things to think about when you think about maternity leave. So first of all, and if you're in different um if you're in different geographies, maternity leave is handled differently and the cultural norms are different, right? So in the U.S., unfortunately, and we've talked about this with several guests, but maternity leave is really crappy, you know? Mm. Um, it's women, there's a couple of things, like there are psychological barriers to taking it because it's seen as like free time rather than time that you yeah. need you know, like you're off on maternity leave, yeah, like it's a holiday. Like it's a holiday. Yeah. You know, um, or like it's unnecessary, mm. you know. Um, so I think there is no maternity leave, paid maternity leave policy in the States, right. government mandated. A lot of bigger companies will give you six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I was young with my first, so I was both back in school and freelancing within two weeks mm-hmm. of having him. Um, and then with my second, I think, I don't remember exactly with my second, so I don't want to quote, but it wasn't like I was always freelancing. I was always working. I was always, I felt the pressure to work Yeah. quickly afterwards. Yeah. And this time, do you feel that same pressure now that you're in a senior position? It's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you guys know Invoice to Go is a global company, right? So we have headquarters in, um, California and we also have headquarters in Sydney, Australia, and we have members of our team work all over the world, right? Mm -hmm. So working in tech, we're a very progressive company. Um, But that being said, I still felt pressure Mm. to, I still felt, I don't know if pressure is the right word, I still felt guilty for asking for that time. I feel like that's your internal dialogue yeah it's not even the company's not saying the company is literally like here here's all the maternity it's yes exactly blah blah blah. like they're so good but there's something where you're still thinking oh no like will I be behind like will yeah things go wrong will it you know pan out weirdly it's weird it's the cultural upbringing right like I was raised in the midwestern United States a lot of women in my mom's generation were housewives yeah and they were dependent on their husbands for financial support Mm -hmm. and then when we started entering the workforce it's almost like we had to work twice as hard and prove ourselves twice as hard just to earn the same positions. And even then, we were there's a gender pay gap and all this other stuff. So it's like when you fought this hard to get where you are, yeah. then you're asking for a free time that a man doesn't ask for Yeah. on top of it. And you just – you I had this old, like, <laughs> Midwestern upbringing where I felt like I was being too much of a burden. And it's yeah. insane, right? Yeah. Like, we produce – incredible results for this company Mm -hmm. our team because of my expertise and because of the way I built the team and the way I run the team yeah and still I felt like a burden asking for it in the back of my mind I just think if there was someone on your team um who worked for the company and became pregnant yeah you would be like 
take the full three months. So supportive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wouldn't so even supportive. be a thing. Yeah, it wouldn't even be a thing. But yeah, when but it to comes yourself, to me, yeah, yeah, when it comes to me, I'm like, oh crap. You know, we're yeah. supposed to be doing this. So I'm, uh, you guys, I'm taking. We're recording so many episodes ahead because I'm taking Q2 off mm-hmm. um, to have. Uh, my daughter and to, you know, be with her. Um, and all I can think about is all of the cool stuff we have scheduled for Q2, which <laughs> is in the roadmap that I created, right, yeah. with my team. And, oh, man, I'm not going to be here for it. Oh, is it going to be okay? Oh, I really should be here. I wish I was there, you know. And that's it just keeps going around in my head. Yeah. You know, even when you make peace with with taking that time. So I feel like that's something that I would struggle with as well that I would would not want to switch off on my business, but then at the same time, I'd want to be fully present for my my baby post yeah the yeah. fourth trimester like, yeah <laughs> yeah and practice yeah. self-care which is important too right yeah. it's like we also need time to heal our bodies mm. you've just pushed a watermelon yeah <laughs> out of your body like the size of a watermelon <laughs> yeah yeah I mean it's a traumatic event mm-hmm. and like, women need time for all of those things and six weeks is not sufficient no. USA it is not sufficient no, not at all um you know, two weeks, which is, you know, what I took with my first son, definitely not sufficient. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's we should have that time and we shouldn't feel guilty about it. Yeah. No, you shouldn't feel guilty. And I think you you will feel better about it as time goes on <laughs> and you feel like you've got more plans in place. Maybe that's one of the tips that you're about to share. Yeah. So this, this episode is basically um, a dozen essential tips for how you can survive pregnancy and like what you've been preparing and planning for and just a fun chat about how um, you can do the best for yourself, your baby, and also for your role. Because like you said, like it is a big part of you. It's part of your identity. Like what we do, we love what we do. Yeah. And you wouldn't want to lose that as part of your identity. So I think that's one thing that scares me about potential motherhood is that like who will I be after? Yeah. Like I'm a mum, like will I still be... A business owner, yeah. Obviously, I would, but you know, what I mean, like, there's a kind of like new well, identity you lose that you part come of into. your identify yeah. identity. Yeah. yeah. So let's let's dive in. So how we can like tackle all of these things and insecurities, and also just feel better. So what is your first <laughs> trimester tip? Okay. Let's start off. With, let's go through the whole pregnancy. So let's really yeah. talk about like this is this these tips. First of all, are really meant for women who are in the height of their career. Um, you know, if you are younger. Um, or if you've taken time off from your career and already made peace with that, some of them might not be as applicable for you. So if you're in the height of your career, if you have launched a business and it's just like going gangbusters, if you finally reached that position that you really wanted, or, you know, sometimes it's like a moment where everything clicks and we, we realize like, holy shit, I really know what I'm doing. (laughs) You Mm. know what I mean? And that kind of happened to me in my, you know, late early thirties where I was like, wow, I am really good at my job. And it wasn't even like in an asshole conceited way it was just like this recognition mm. that everything that I'd been through and learned and all of those failings and all you know everything was finally coming together and holy shit I can really do good thing big things for a company yeah you know and you kind of realize how valuable you are and that happened and then I've been able to like kind of in my mid-30s really grow and expand and and be open and you know and then and then you have a baby yeah right so if you're in that position 
this is where I am. These are my best tips. And I'm, again, only 32 weeks pregnant, so eight weeks to go. <laughs> there could be things, something that I'm missing here. Um, the first one is to become a snack queen. <laughs> and this is going to sound... I'm so, on board with this one. <laughs> already there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So... If you are in your mid-30s, you know, it is harder to keep up your figure when you're in your mid-30s than it is in your 20s for most people, right? Certainly was for me, right? Like I could eat chocolate cake for breakfast in my early 20s and would still look hot. Now it's like I'm really, you know, got to work on my body and my fitness. Yeah. Um, so snacking all day does not <laughs> come naturally to you to, if you're in that mode, um, you know, and you basically have to, you know, whatever diet diet that you were on, whatever, um, you know, health considerations, whatever. Like I had finally become fully vegetarian before mm. I got pregnant. And mm. then all I wanted was meat. Really? All I wanted was meat. I remember this actually because I remember having a buffet with you. Oh, and, yeah. Um, and you were like, oh, are you sure you want the chicken? Not mm. in a judgy way, but you were like, hmm. Like being vegetarian is so much healthier. And I was like, you know what? I know you're right. And I'm really trying to. And then the next thing I knew. <laughs> like, it's like, so me, can we get some meat? <laughs> yeah. I've been eating hamburgers. It's really sad. Um, yeah. But, you it's know. what your body craves, I guess. Yeah, you have yeah. to go with what you can eat, especially in yeah. that first trimester. Because you, your body is craving certain things. Mm -hmm. Certain things are going to smell terrible to you. You know, certain things are going to taste terrible to you, stuff that you loved before, you might hate now. Mm -hmm. So just become a snack queen, eat little snacks throughout the day, and just go with what you can eat. Mm -hmm. Don't fight your biology. Because yeah. if you do, you're going to be hungry, you're going to be in meetings, and you're going to be hungry and crappy and, and feel nauseous and whatever. So just snack on what you can snack on. You can worry about your diet later. Yeah. <laughs> this is not the time. Like, let it go. Did you have bad nausea with this pregnancy? It was horrendous. Oh. What, what were you eating? Or what, did you find snacking helped with that? Or? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so for me and for every woman, it's different. Every single woman is going to be completely different. And every pregnancy mm. is going to be different, right? So with my first two children, my sons, um, I did have some nausea. It wasn't that bad. Mm -hmm. This time I'm having a daughter. I felt like death, like mm -hmm. death, absolute death. And I ate little crackers, like buttery, bad for you crackers yep. with slices of hard cheese on top mm. all day long. That sounds great. <laughs> and I had just, I had stopped eating dairy. I yeah. had been a vegetarian, blah, 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 you know, and here we are just eating all the cheese. Oh. So do what you got to do and become a snack queen. That's tip number two. Great. And then um, what's the next tip? So the next tip is, and this is for women who have a full-time job, mm -hmm. just tell your boss. Okay. Yeah. And he, the reason that this is an important tip, and if it maybe if you're an entrepreneur, it's just tell your business partner, just tell your team. Yeah. Almost every woman I've talked to about this in a senior level position has had a moment where they were like, oh, crap, I don't want to tell my boss I'm pregnant. They've yeah. had severe anxiety about it. Um, there are things that run through the back of your mind. You know, there he's counting on me for this. And I say he because my boss is a he. I'm not assuming that your boss is a he. I, yeah. in fact, hope that it's a she. That mm -hmm. being said, um, you know, my boss is a he. And all I could think is, oh, my God, he's counting on me. You know, he maybe he'll panic about losing me. You know, maybe he won't take me as seriously. You know, all of this stuff that had nothing to do with him. My yeah. boss is great. He's amazing. He has two young daughters himself. Like, there were no reason 
reasons, no valid reasons for me to think these things. And still they ran through the back of my head because of that old cultural conditioning. Yeah. So just bite the bullet. Once your safe zone of 12 weeks has passed, you know, go ahead and tell your boss and your next meeting, your next one-on-one. Um, you know, when I did it, I had all this anxiety and he was so happy. He was grinning ear to ear and just telling me how excited he was for me. Oh, that's so good. How did you word it? Were you like, I've got something to tell you. I'm pregnant. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or were you more like, um, were you nervous I, when you were telling him? I mean, I actually plan, <laughs> this is how, so I meet um, at least once a week, one-on-one with my boss, who's the VP. Uh-huh. Um, and then, so I actually plan planned it and I I chickened out so, like twice in a row. Really? Right? Aww. So it was like 12 weeks past, 13 weeks past, blah, blah, blah. Um, and when I finally told him, um, he was super, super happy. And I just said, hey, I have some big news I'm expecting yeah. and I will be delivering a baby sometime in this this week. This week is when I'm due. <laughs> Not this week, but um, you yeah, know, yeah. this week is when I'm due, and uh, you know, that's my big news. Yeah. <laughs> I just kind of yeah. left it at that. Um, and I had kind of an idea in the back of my mind what our policy on maternity leave was and mm-hmm. what I kind of wanted to take yeah. at that point. So when he started asking questions, I had answers for him and mm-hmm. um, that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, a friend of ours is. Um, also pregnant, but her, is a business owner and mm. has it's a service based business. Yeah, and um, this also applies in telling clients. Mm. So she was saying that she started telling her clients from around twenty weeks, um, and found someone to come in and do maternity leave cover for her, and is slowly introducing them to this new person and yeah. kind of integrating it that way. Yeah, and I think that's an, so. There's like two examples there of like how. Like, at what stage you can be ready to tell? Like, maybe you're not ready at that, but she wasn't ready to say anything at 12 weeks. She wanted to wait till 20. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's really, really important of not being too nervous. But, yeah. Knowing- you had to pull the Band-Aid off, man. Yeah. But I think 20, if you own a business, and I think you might need a little bit more time to put a cohesive plan together, mm. Um like that I think that's really smart depends on your yeah it depends on your business situation doesn't it like if you've got a business partner yeah you can maybe balance it and Um, it's different if you have 12 clients versus if you're a service-based business and have like three small contracts mm -hmm. then you have three conversations to have and it's a lot easier to find someone to help you cover three contracts as Mm -hmm. opposed to however many yeah yeah. Yeah. I think in those situations, a lot of the time, clients just want a solution. So if you've already got a plan and you say, this is exactly. the situation, here's how it's going to roll out, you've got a strategy, yeah. then that's going to make it a lot less kind of awkward for them thinking, well, what about us and the contract that we have? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for sure. Yeah. Great. Nice. Next uh, tip. Next tip is do not stop exercising. And again, I'm assuming that a lot of you are in your, like, you know, at least early 30s, if not maybe even your early 40s, you are going to feel, there's a good chance that you're going to feel like crap, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like in your first trimester, at least, um, if not the entire time, you have got to do something. Um, and the reason is you are going to feel a lot better and have a lot easier of a time both throughout your pregnancy and labor, also in, um, you know, after your pregnancy, feeling like yourself again. If you don't feel like exercising, if you're like, screw this, screw my circuit classes, I can't even move without wanting to puke, blah, 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 Mm -hmm. walk. 
Get yeah. your steps in. Go for a walk. I know, like, you know, it's it's hard, but you will feel so much better. If you can't walk for whatever reason, mm-hmm. um, get some little ankle weights and do like little teeny mm-hmm. um, strength exercises, little hand weights, etc. Yeah. Like there's so many options out there. Um, you have to do something. If you stop doing exercise completely, you're going to feel so much worse. Yeah. I promise. Um, no matter what condition that you find yourself in now. Have you done much pregnancy yoga or Pilates? Um, so I actually kept doing Barry's boot camp until oh, my third trimester. Hardcore, <laughs> high intensity workout. <laughs> it originated in the states, I think. Yeah. So a lot of people listening from the US will know. Um, it's also in Australia. Um, it's also in the UK, I think now too. Actually, it's my yeah, favorite it's workout, Barry's, and they're not paying me to say that. Yes, <laughs> Although I wouldn't mind some free classes, if Barry's, if you're listening to this after the po- after the <laughs> go delivery. on Barry, come on Barry, <laughs> wherever you are. Um, so I kept doing that, but I modified it. So I didn't do sprints. I did double floor, and I modified it as I got more and more pregnant to protect my pregnant belly. Yeah. Um, but that is a heavier weight workout. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I could not do that anymore, I did, um, uh, Pilates, like level one Pilates. I did tons of walking. So I had, you know, a goal of at least 15,000 steps a day. Yeah. That was my goal for a long time. Um, I still get in as many as I can. It's not always 15,000 because I'm the size of a house. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I'm still making that effort and doing it the best I can. Yeah. Um, but everyone should kind of consult their doctor if they've got any questions on absolutely. what's safe. And, we are yeah. not doctors. The <laughs> point is, is for you. find yeah. something that is good yeah. for you. And I will say I was hardcore exercising before I got pregnant, and that's a really important point. Do not start a new exercise. Yeah. Do something, some version of a thing that you did before. Yeah. Tip four. Okay. Tip four is to be patient with your body. <laughs> so... Mm. Um, your body is going to change. You are not 22. (laughs) So, you know, it is really, really hard to have babies in your late 30s, early 40s. It is hard work, right? It's hard work anytime, but especially when you're an older mom. Um, and you know, maybe you've even struggled with infertility. Maybe you tried to get pregnant for a while. Maybe it's a shock to you. Maybe you thought it'd be a lot harder to get pregnant at 36 (laughs) than it actually was. Um, (laughs) You know, so maybe it's a shock. Maybe, you know, it's whatever. You might have all kinds of, um, you know, things that you're struggling with mentally and emotionally. If you are older, it also is more likely, even though you've got more financial stability likely because you're in a a better place in your career, um, you have a a slew of complications that could come with it. You have more – you're more highly likely to suffer from mental health Mm -hmm. or prenatal depression. You um, will probably have some developmental worries because, you know, things like Down syndrome, et cetera, are more prevalent at this age. So you're probably worried if – you that you might have, you know, something that your baby might struggle with or suffer from. Um, And you also have an increased risk of miscarriage, blah, blah, blah. Um, So basically, if you've gone through all of this, you know, worry, stress, et cetera, to conceive, um, and then you're frustrated with your body afterwards, just try to try to keep some little some perspective if you can, you know, if you are extra nauseous, it is only a certain amount of time. 
if you are like noticing cellulite on your bum, um, that is me, um, it is, you know, only because you're growing a healthy bub, right? So be patient with your body. Be in awe of what your body can do. It's okay to not be a 22-year-old pregnant chick. You can be a, a 30, mid thir- beautiful mid-30s, beautiful late-30s, beautiful early-40s pregnant chick. Yeah. Just the same. I just have to add as well, we really need to destigmatize the idea of getting fatter or putting weight on as being such a bad thing. I know. Like, it's yeah. terrible that this is one of the things that as a society and as women we worry about the most is like how how you look and how you would appear less attractive you're not less attractive you are beautiful and your body is perfect and it's doing incredible things and you really don't need to think that fat is bad it's not right exactly <laughs> and if you are like concerned or or if you're you know self-conscious about your body guess what it's only like nine months maybe 10 months if you're unlucky <laughs> you know you go way overdue um but you will have plenty of time to get back in the gym and work on those abs like yeah. if that's your concern or your goal you will have plenty of time um so just try to be patient with your body while you're pregnant. Speaking of, this leads us very nicely onto tip number five. <laughs> this is really important. I need you to unfollow pregnant models on Instagram. Oh, and uh-huh. here's why. Um, like, you cannot compare yourself, and you will mentally, subconsciously, you know, if you are, most people will. It's just a natural human thing to do to all of these pregnant influencers who are a lot younger than you likely, you know, they are, have, you know, it's their job, a lot of them, to be beautiful, um, you know, Gigi Hadid, Hadid, is it Hadid or Hadid? Hadid. Hadid. She had a baby recently. Um, what? <laughs> yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. With Zach, what's his name? No. Okay. Or Zane. Sorry. Let's all Google it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I totally don't want to see her pregnant. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. Is she looked like she'd eaten a sandwich. Like it was, she was the most stunning, beautiful pregnant woman. And I want to say she was in the height of her pregnancy when I was like in the beginning of mine, Mm -hmm. something like that. And like, I remember I was really bloated in my first trimester. You know, it's my third kid. I looked a lot more pregnant than I actually was and Mm -hmm. just felt really bloated. And I remember looking at her her pregnancy photos and being like, wow, that is the size of my belly now. (laughs) Like, oh my gosh, having like this massive anxiety attack. And, you know, and I'm a I'm a grown ass woman. Like, why do I care what Gigi Hadid's belly looks like? Yeah. You know, she's a supermodel. Like there's it's silly to, you know, but it is natural for us to feel insecure when we see things like that, like absolute perfection. So just unfollow them. Until you're done being pregnant. (laughs) I would like to um, add in tip 5.5, and that is to unfollow all models on Instagram (laughs) while you're pregnant. And probably just in general. Maybe forever. (laughs) Maybe forever, yeah. Tip six. Get your team acclimated to asynchronous working. So basically, you are going to have a disjointed schedule. 
right? So it might be because you are nauseous right now. Um, It might be because you are tired and your third trimester. It might be because you have a newborn and you've come back to the office. But whatever it is, you need to start getting used to working at different times and being really, really flexible while you're working. If you are working from home, if you guys are all working from home, you're all on Zoom, this is... Um, really critical and it's going to be a little bit easier if you're not going into the office. Um, Luckily for me, you know, personally, I have employees in New York, California, Australia, and like team members all over the U.S. that are freelancer, whatever. Um, So we're used to multiple time zone working. So we're used to working, you know, really flexibly. But if you aren't there yet, you need to get there because the button chair from 9 to 5 approach is not going to work. And also, once you build this flexibility into your team and into your lifestyle, you're actually more likely to keep team members longer because one of the things that people look for today is a flexible working Mm -hmm. arrangement. Um, And, you know, when I'm interviewing people, that's one of the first things that they ask you know, how do you feel about me going to work in Cabo for three months? And I'm like, go have a great time. (laughs) Like, make sure you've got a hotel with great internet and, you know, you're good. Um, And it's, I think you, if you're not already there, you need to get acclimated to it, not just for this pregnancy, but for the future of work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And tip seven. Okay. So you need to start scheduling work naps. (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, I like the sound of these. Can I do this now? Okay. So in the beginning of my pregnancy, I was like sculling three lattes by, I want to say, like noon. Oh, my God. Every day. Okay. And I know I'm going to have people in the U.S. You shouldn't have that much caffeine. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. People love to shame pregnant women and tell them how to be pregnant. But it's, um, you know, it's. It's uh, here in Australia, they say that you can drink caffeine or a lot of doctors do. Mine certainly did. Um, But I found myself just drinking too much of it because I was so tired in my first trimester. So um, I discovered a genius activity, which I call the midday work nap. Uh I am privileged, first of all, to be able to do this. I, you know, work in a profession where I can schedule meetings and like move my meetings around. Um... And also, we're all working from home right now. So I just want to say that I do acknowledge that privilege. Uh Um, But basically, what I would do personally is schedule a meeting on my calendar every day from 1 to 2. And I'd pour myself in a a chamomile tea while I was in my last meeting, real meeting for the day, you know, for the morning rather. And then I'd take my work nap from 1 to 2. Mm-hmm. I'd wake up, I'd feel refreshed, you know, and I'd, you know, have a little snack and be ready to go in the afternoon. Well, it's like a lunch hour. Like, it is. Yeah, it's a lunch hour, yeah. but it's a work nap. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, And you need that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's basically like my employees and my teammates and my colleagues and whatever, they got a really refreshed, lovely nap in the afternoon instead mm-hmm. of someone who was dragging and couldn't think and was not mm-hmm. participating in brainstorms and whatever. So that was my little strategy. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Good to yeah. uh, Tip number eight. So this tip is props, props, props. So first of all, like it's hard to sleep as you get bigger. It's hard to sit 
as you get bigger. So as you become increasingly more pregnant, you're going to need more support, being able to sit um, or stand if you have a standing desk for a long time and work. Um, So basically, it is worth the investment to buy pregnancy-related pillows, to buy yourself some extra like seat cushions or back support or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Or um, I can't find that one of these in this country, but I know they have them in the States. They have like these little foot massager machines yeah. that you can like, if your feet are swollen, invest in one of these for yourself. You can sit there and have your feet massaged and not be so swollen while you're super pregnant. Nice. So invest in what you need to be comfortable because it's going to get harder and harder to be comfortable Start making these investments or fashioning things yourself like, you know, three pillows and like a cushion or whatever you've got to have so mm-hmm. that you don't get sciatica pain and everything else. Yep. Okay. So tip number nine is to stay woke with your hormone situation. And I want to be really um, be really clear about this, right? Like, so I want you to be aware of how your hormones are going insane, right? What were you feeling or what are you feeling on like a daily basis? Uh, Well, and it's not, it's, it's the way you react to things. It's, you know, I was pregnant during COVID. Mm. Um, So I, you know, just seeing people die, you know, Mm. across the globe. Like, of course, it would affect you no matter what. But when you're pregnant and you're carrying a life and you're really connected to life in that way and you're hormonal, you see something on the news and you just want to cry for the next hour. You just feel so deeply for the world and for other people. And it's, it's really hard, you know. I mean, it's, I had a day where I just like, um, had a bunch of meetings with you guys, <laughs> my, you know, team. And then I remember shutting down Zoom and just like bawling Aww. the whole afternoon. Like I kept crying and there was lots of stuff going on in, you know, my um, my life. But also it was like the world, you know, in the midst of COVID and I, just all these headlines and I just felt overwhelmed, um, you know, and it's just like, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to have a reaction, right? Your your body is more connected to life mm-hmm. while you're pregnant. Yeah. Um, it's more connected to the purpose of life, et cetera. So if you're feeling a little unbalanced, that's normal. Just be very cognizant of it. You know, you might have to, if something happens at work, give yourself some extra time to process before you are um, actually responding to it. Yeah, like right? think longer before you respond and don't send an email in the height of the emotion kind of thing. Yeah, you're not crazy, Yeah, but you are more hormonal. Yeah. Like you're more apt to feel things deeper, more, more deeply rather mm. than you did before. That being said, I want to put something, I put a little sidebar in here. Um, do not allow your coworkers to blame things on you being hormonal, right? So like say, for instance, if you have a colleague and that colleague, for instance, is saying to you things like, oh, well, you know, maybe you're having that react, or maybe you're just hormonal today or, you know, something, if you're bringing up a concern, that is not acceptable. That is called misogyny. Yeah. <laughs> you do not let that happen to yourself. It's It has not happened to me in this pregnancy, but it has happened to friends of mine mm-hmm. working in other companies. Do you think, um, is pregnancy brain a thing? 
Um, pregnancy brain. I mean, think about it. So you not only have all these hormonal changes, you have extra blood in your system, you are tired, like your body is working hard all the time. Like think about how well you can think through problems and problem solve when you have just gone through a really hard run. Mm -hmm. Usually you need time to recover and then you your brain works really well. Mm -hmm. um, your body is working really hard all the time. Yeah. Right. So it's not that women are stupid when they're pregnant. So that's why I hate the term because it's like, oh, yeah. pregnancy brain. She doesn't. It's almost like devaluing women. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, and some. Oh. Yeah. In some ways we're more connected. Right. Because our senses are heightened and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but that being said, like you will be distracted at times yeah. with your situation. Which is just the way that it is. You are pregnant at the end of the day. I mean, come yeah. on, guys. <laughs> you, <laughs> it's okay. You are ensuring the, that the human race survives. Yeah. Like it's a pretty big job. Uh, tip 10. Okay. So tip 10 is to enlist help where you can. Mm -hmm. So um, even if you don't have a high-pressure job, you are going to need help. If you do have a high-pressure job, you really, really need help if you are in a senior role at work. You cannot freaking do everything, mm. especially not now. So this could look a couple different ways. So first of all, it could just look like saying yes. When people offer to help us, we a lot of women, especially like leadership, you know, women who are used to handling a lot, um, we tend to say no. Mm. We tend to not want to burden others, even when they they've offered. Yeah. We'll say like, "No, oh, that's no. okay. I've yeah. got it. Oh, don't worry about it." Blah blah. Because blah. we don't want to burden people. And mm -hmm. the thing about it is, you need to be saying yes. You need that. You actually need that help. So if your mom offers to come over and cook you dinner when you're super pregnant, <laughs> you know, like tell your mom yes. Mm -hmm. You know, or a friend, or a friend offers to bring you something like. Tell them yes, because you really, really actually need the help. Mm -hmm. um, if you can afford it, if you're privileged enough to be able to afford um, help that you pay or people that you can hire domestically to help you, mm. maybe it looks like just upping your service from an every other week cleaner to an every week cleaner. Yeah. That makes a big difference. So you don't have to like bend over and like pick things out of your carpet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you deserve that help. And if you're a business owner, like I think – Having a virtual assistant is really, really great and doesn't yeah. have to be that expensive. Like you can use virtual assistants that are based all over the world that can have quite cheap rates, but it would be really handy with like your calendar and scheduling and just responding to people and making sure that your email inbox isn't absolutely stacked out. Yeah. Um, there's there's lots of ways, isn't there? Yeah, yeah exactly. Great. It is self-care to say yes to help at this stage in your life. Okay, so penultimate tip number 11. <laughs> so the number 11 is to start planning as early as you can. So pregnancy, especially for women who are used to running teams and used to being in control and, you know, it could seem like a thing where you're really – things are out of control. Mm -hmm. You can't control your body. You can't control the way it's responding. You can't control the human being inside of you who has their, made up their own mind. Like right now, my daughter – really loves kicking my ribs. She loves kicking my ribs. Huh. She loves playing with my ribs. It's her favorite thing. Um, and it's hard to talk yeah. <laughs> sometimes, you know. Um, and you can't control that. You can't control the fact that you've got heartburn in the middle of your meeting. You can't control the fact that you have to pee in the middle of your podcast. Like, you can't control anything. Mm -hmm. um, so what you can control is being really prepared for your maternity leave. So 
you know, get that bag packed for the hospital at 30 weeks if you want to, if mm-hmm. that makes you feel good, right? Like that's something that you can control, right? Start with you, what you can do and do it. Plan that maternity leave out, you know, like say, hey, this is what I'd ultimately like to do. This is how much time I'd like to take, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And plan as early as you can. And that way it will give you that sense of control that you crave as a boss and that peace of mind that you need to know what's coming. Mm-hmm. That's really good tips. And stuff like the hospital bag, what's in it? <laughs> what's in a hospital yeah. bag? Um, it depends on what's, what country you're in. Okay. But, um, you what's know. What's in yours? Uh, well, when I was in... Uh, the America, having my first baby, I didn't have a hospital bag. I just had, you know, just like tra-la-la, you know. Um, Showed up. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I I also just uh, spontaneously had my water break as well. Right. Um, So I thought I had a little bit more time than I did. But that being said, I didn't have a hospital bag. You know, we were kind of scrambling. Um, You know, I was just young. And then the second time I, I Packed a few things. wasn't nearly as thorough. Um, this time, in all of my wisdom, I've got multiple outfits for the baby with hats and, like, Aww. all kinds of little, um, you know, blankets and extra things for her. But I also have a lot of self-care things for me, like... Yeah you know, luxury nipple cream and, you know, my eye cream. And I actually have some face masks that is to refresh and hydrate my face after I've given birth, you know, (laughs) like those little things can feel like luxuries and having them all packed and ready by the door really makes me feel like I'm prepared and ready. Prepared and ready. That's awesome. And last tip. Yes. So the last tip's really easy, guys. You need to let it go. Mm. So work as your baby. You know, once you've done all this preparation, this planning, you know, mental and emotional preparation, um, you have got to figure out a way to let it go. Your work does feel like your baby. That baby will be there when you get back. It will be waiting for you. You are talented. You are not going to lose everything just because you take off three months or six months or whatever it is. So let it go. Perfect. And that's Aww, it. That was great. No, thanks for all the good advice and I hope that everyone who listened found that really helpful we're all wishing you the best with your pregnancy and giving birth to your gorgeous little daughter oh, so we can't so wait to excited. meet her yeah she'll be a female founder of the future I'm sure we will give her an honorary spot <laughs> in the female founders network community yeah. <laughs> awesome. there you go thank that's you. it thanks guys happy pregnancies out there for those of you listening this podcast was brought to you by invoice to go We're an invoicing and billing app that helps business owners work and get paid from anywhere, at any location around the globe. And we're helping close the gender-based pay gap. Because the current US gender-based pay gap sits at around 19%, listeners of the Female Founders Network podcast will get exactly 19% off of any subscription. Just use the code EMPOWERWOMEN at checkout.